Hey, folks, welcome back. Another great episode today. Our special guest zooming in all the way from beautiful Burnaby, British Columbia, which is just down the road for me, about three and a half hours, is Ms. Catherine Chow, who is a multinational real estate investor who has invested in uh, multiple countries, multiple continents, multiple languages. So I'm very interested in finding out more about that. Catherine, welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. I think this is your first podcast interview. Is that it correct? is. It well, is. I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad. Are you feeling pumped and ready to ready to rumble? I am. Good, 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 good. All right. So Catherine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what was it that got you interested in real estate investing in the first place, please? Okay. I'm from originally from Taiwan. So I moved to Vancouver uh, like 20 something years ago. Uh-huh. So um, what got me into real estate was um, when when my mom um, asked me if I'm int- if I was interested in purchasing land that my grandmother had. You know, back then because of the policy, she was the long term um, government tenant. I would say that so she had the first right to purchase the land that she uh, she had a house on. Did, and- was this in sorry? Was this in Taiwan? Yeah, it was in Taiwan many okay, many God. years ago. Yeah, and the land was cheap. Uh, so my mom's uh, brother and sister and, you know, their kids, they are not interested. They didn't see potential in the land because they thought it was government owned. But um, I look at it as, you know, development potential because you never know with the city planning. Yeah. Right. So I say, yeah, I would uh, if they agree, I would buy it. So uh, that's my first step in the real estate. So many, many years ago, uh, just right before COVID, um, the business next door had interest in the land. They want to. They wanted to expand their business. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So I had a chance to sell it at seven times profit. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations! Without, yeah, without yeah. CT planning, I I made a profit. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. So so basically, you're kind of land banking for how long? Twenty years, maybe, or something. Uh, like I'll that? say fifteen years. 15 yeah. years? Yeah. Years, yeah. Was now was it just raw land or was your grandmother still living on the property? Yeah, or? my grandma was living on the property, but mm-hmm. then uh later on she moved uh with my auntie. So that was mm-hmm. the the set vac- vacant set for vacant. many, many years. Yeah. Okay. And we didn't have any tenant, we just left I just left it there. Yeah. And, and then okay, well that's good. So that was that was a nice little profit. So seven seven times your your investment over. 15 years, pretty yeah. good. And then what? What was your next foray into real estate? Yeah. Investment? And then I got a chance to um, um, to make a purchase in Paris, France. I love it very much. I mean, I love the city. Yeah. Who, who doesn't, Catherine? I think everybody, <laughs> everybody loves Paris, France. Maybe at the time we're recording this, they're going through some pretty yeah, heavy riots and stuff. But generally speaking, the city of love. So how did... I'm just curious. Uh, how did you decide? Why did you decide Paris, France? What was the circumstances around? Okay, that? so I went there. Like, um, I went there at least two or three times a year uh-huh. to Paris, just you know, for my solo getaway. Nice. And then I, I I just love it. And then spending money on hotel and Airbnb, right? And I just yeah. thought it would be nice if I'll be you know able to um, own. A little property for myself. 
Uh-huh. And back then, my husband was supportive. He was like, yeah, sure. If you want to do it, just do it. So um, I did it just out of, uh, I'll say, uh, being impulsive. I didn't yeah. really do the research about the market. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I purchased my um, Paris condo. So, okay. So it's a condo in Paris. And what are you doing with that? Is that a short-term rental? Is it just for you when you go to Paris? How do you, what, what are yeah, you up in to the beginning, that? In the beginning, I was thought, I thought it was just for my own use. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was funny. Just the timing was funny. Uh, just a few days before, uh, after we left Paris during COVID, mm-hmm. um, Paris shut down. So we couldn't go back, right? So my right. friend in Paris said, hey, you could, you shouldn't let your uh, property see vacant because back then they have a law. If someone lives in your condo and you are not aware yet, aware of it, after 48 hours, I think, you can't claim your condo back. So there's squatter's rights after 48 hours if somebody yeah, just moves yeah, in? Ba- yeah, back oh then. Yeah, I think they are changing the law now, which I'm not too sure. So my friend <laughs> helped me to rent it out. And that's when I not, uh, realized as a foreigner with an investment property, I was not allowed, I'm not allowed to do short-term rental in Paris. But people, French people living in but, Paris are allowed to do it, but you as a foreigner cannot. Right. It has to be a primary residence and uh, they can only do it like, uh, I think it's 180 days or 90 days a year. Okay. So it has to be the primary residence. Yeah, uh, so I could only um, do a uh, long-term rental, and there was also a lot of restriction. Uh, if you want to know the story, I can elaborate a bit. Like they have a rental cap; it's not the idea as in Canada. We are allowed to increase, um, say, this year's two percent for Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in Paris, it's a different kind of game. They set the amount of the rent you are allowed to rent according to where your property is. And wow. yeah, so every year, if you change tenant, you cannot raise your rent. Say you, you rent to someone this year, 1200 euro, and that also include like a maintenance fee. Right. And the next year, you'd get a new tenant. You can only still rent 1200 you will per month wow yeah unless they uh, they stay and uh, in your contract you clearly uh indicate that uh they are they allow you to increase according to the government law so again one of those fixed percentages per year but only if it's in the contract otherwise and only only if it's original talent so the second tenant you can't do that with no so <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know the game before I purchased because yeah. I didn't really think as an investor's percept- perception. Right. Right. Yeah, but you know, that's fine. It's Paris. So what what are you doing with the, it's Paris? So you still got is it rented <laughs> or are you just keeping it vacant right now? It's rented right now. It's rented. Okay. Yeah. All right. But now you don't have a place to stay when you go to Paris. I'll tell my agent. So I, you know, if I go and then I align with my uh, tenant schedule, like last year, we got to stay in our condo for two weeks. Yeah. But the good thing about Paris is it's uh, about 0% vacancy. Okay. Yeah. So the day I left the next day, my my new tenant moved in. Oh, I see. Okay. You're changing tenants at that time. Okay. So you got the Paris property learning curve there. 
you bought it on a bit of an impulse for personal use, but you've turned it into a a revenue property. Are you planning to hold on to that long term, or? Uh, yeah, I plan yeah. to hold hold on for long term, and I'm you know um, hoping that one of my kids will study there to make use uh, of it. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, All right, that would be nice. And yeah. and what other kind of investment properties have you purchased, Catherine? I I also have a uh, condo in Toronto. Uh, uh-huh. downtown Toronto. Yeah. Uh, my son lives there. So it's a uh, two bedroom. So we rent one out and then my son lives in one of the rooms. Yeah. Ah, there you go. So you're house hacking the condo in Toronto. Your, your son's got a room, a forced roommate who's paying some rent to help cover the costs. Yes. Very good. That's, yeah. and uh, so, so it sounds like you're kind of a, a little bit of an accidental investor. Accidental multinational investor. I am. You know, I, I did it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I so was, what, uh, what are yeah. you what are your plans moving ahead? So uh so I'm partnering up with uh one uh two partners. We are looking to multifamily uh in Alberta right now. And uh, uh eventually we want to do the little like a small scale of land development. We are also looking into that. Very good. And what um, what kind of land development? You're going to be building multifamily properties, any particular size or scope or what yeah, does that look like? We are looking at a small one. We want to we want to start the small one. So like anything like a townhome or I think it's a townhome about eight to ten. Yeah, that's what we are looking at. But uh, right now we are looking at more at the multifamily um, deals. Uh, with uh, 15 units. And are you looking to build these kind of properties or purchase already existing units? Yeah, we are, we are going to purchase the already, uh, already existing. Okay. Yeah, so once. now that you've kind of got this, um, this perspective that you've developed over the years with, you know, being an accidental investor, mm-hmm. what are your, what are your goals and aspirations when it comes to real estate investing now, Catherine? Okay, we want to diversify our profile. At, you know, that's for sure. So I also do private lending. I lend money to like developers. Uh-huh. And um, um, I also have some experience building because uh, the house that we have right now, the, our primary residence in Burnaby, um, mm-hmm. um, well, you can say I design it and I pick every material. So uh, it's built the way I wanted it. So uh, I'm also looking into build another dream home for ourselves mm-hmm. yeah and yeah just all kinds like multi-family land development you know just we, we don't want to put all the eggs in one basket and want to uh is this partner. you and your husband is that what you're talking about who you're talking about yeah and also our business partners yeah. your business partners okay so talk to me a little bit about that what's been your journey as far as getting educated about real estate investing getting educated about multi-family and development type projects Right. So, like? yeah. So remember that uh, I was the accidental investor, right? Yeah. Just so before I joined this um, uh, real estate education program, I had no idea like how, uh-huh. how to um, get into real estate, like, and, you know, quickly. So I jumped into this education and then that's where I met my business partner. Yeah. She encouraged me to uh, go out and network with like mighty people because I was nice. shy. Uh, yeah. in the beginning, but I'm not a shy kind of person. It's just, you know, I need time to walk right. out of my shell. 
So uh, she took me to the first meetup and yeah, and so the rest is uh, history. So yeah. I jumped and then I took uh, many courses like multifamily course, courses, land development courses, and I networked with uh, investors. Yeah. Very nice. So was this a, did you join up at a, a meetup locally in in the lower mainland of British Columbia, or what did that look like? Kat? Yeah, I joined up the meetup uh, in British Columbia, or also mm-hmm. fly to uh, Toronto. Um, I was at a multifamily conference with my business partner, and there we met, um, you know, a lot of uh, like uh, Toronto investors from mm-hmm. our group. You know, because you usually just hang out online and you didn't see each other, so that was yeah. a, that was a big chance to meet a lot of people like in person. It was nice. awesome. Yeah. So from there, we also got some, you know, connection to other potential projects. Yeah. Fantastic. So do you foresee any, have you faced any challenges or, or problems along the way so far that, or do you foresee any, any things that might be a little bit difficult for you, Catherine? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the main thing for every investor is you are going to use up all your money. So you need to partner with others. Hmm. Like before I did, I did things on my own and, and then, and I realized, you know, I couldn't do this with all, you know, there is no endless money from, from my side. Hmm. So I need, I need to partner up with uh, people. Yeah. So I think down the road, um, it would be, it would be the challenge to, you know, to persuade or to convince as many, uh, you know, as many investors to uh, jump onto our projects, but we are working on that. Yeah. I think uh, to build the relationship and the trust is uh, the first step. So um, professionally or personally, are you part of, of different kinds of groups besides real estate investing groups? Uh, You mean like hobby? Like, I don't know, like perhaps you're involved in your your children's school and oh, yeah. PTA oh. or something like that yes. or, yes. or work yes. or yeah. Yeah. I, I volunteer a lot. So I'm in a lot of volunteer groups. Oh, yes. that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So one, one thing I might suggest for you, Catherine, is um, not to just limit yourself to the connections that you're making within the real estate groups. Mm-hmm. Those are great. That's wonderful. The challenge I've seen with some people, though, is that, you know, they're trying to raise capital or bring on capital investors from these groups. And there's a lot of competition because everybody wants to raise capital from these groups, right? So if you kind of maybe keep doing that, but also take a look at, hey, who else do I know who is probably at a at a socioeconomic level that they could afford to invest a hundred or 200,000 or more in a multifamily property or in a development deal or, or something like that. Who do I have outside of my real estate network that I could start focusing on there? So one of the things that I always recommend, Catherine, is that you create a target group of your ideal prospective investors. And then instead of you know, directly trying to convince them to invest with you. We do it a little bit slightly differently. We use marketing and we use edutainment. So sharing things with them that are a little bit educational, hopefully a little bit entertaining and creating curiosity and then getting them 
to come to you and say, hey, Catherine, that development thing that you're talking about, that looks kind of interesting. How does that work? Because then that conversation is so much easier to have versus trying to convince somebody to invest in your deal. Does that make yeah. sense, Catherine? Yeah, that's a good idea. You just remind me, one of my friends actually approached me the yeah. other day and asked me all the details and nice. said she's going, she's going to find the money to invest with me. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that means- yeah, I should keep that's, doing that. Yeah. Because that's, that's the thing. At the end of the day, Catherine, for somebody to invest with you, they need to know you, they need to like you, and they need to trust you with their capital. Because really- we think that the other person is investing in the deal, but what the other person is really investing in is you. They're investing in Catherine. They're investing in that relationship. They're investing in the fact they trust that you know what you're doing. And, and the best way to do that, I don't know how that person found out that you were doing real estate, but it's to, it's to kind of proactively do more of that right. within your, your network so you can get more people coming out because that conversation was easy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just yeah. telling my story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then also, if you had a really good kind of a, a presentation, a visual thing, like a, a simple slideshow or something like that, that you can walk a, a non-real estate investor through that explains the process so that a, a layman, a layperson can understand it easily that will get a lot of people engaged as well. So I think I think you're up to great things. You've 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 been getting ed educated about real estate investing after being an accidental investing. multinational. Yeah, it was investor. it was sort of accidental. Yeah. But now now you're focused. Now you're you're really you you understand the power of real estate. You want to diversify, you want to do bigger, better things with a really good team. Sounds like you're connected to really good team members. And you're looking looking at opportunities in Alberta. Now the same at the same time. Now it's time to to create those conversations and ideally have a number of people lined up, ready to go. So when you have a deal, you're not scrambling after the money. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. Thank you, Dave. My pleasure. I learned so much. Well, that's that's the fun part of doing these. I learn it from is. you. Maybe I do. I share something that's that's a value. That's that's good stuff. So, I love it. Hey, Catherine, if people would like to connect with you, mm -hmm. what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I'm on Facebook, so they can find me. Um, just uh, Catherine Chow, or use the uh, the link uh happy h a p p y k a t i e. I like it. Very good. Catherine, thanks so much for being on the show. Congratulations on what you've accidentally accomplished so far. And, and you, I'm really excited to see where you go now that you're focused and, and you're, you've got the education behind you and you've got the team. I, I think you're going to do great things. I'm excited. You should be. All right. Thank you so much. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.